What's up, Magic fans? Football's right around the corner. Getting on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million dollar top prize. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al and myself, Anthony, and today we have a very, very special guest joining us. Um, he's in not only an NBA experience guy, but he has worked with the likes of AG, Vooch, Austin Rivers, Wendell Carter Jr., just to name a few, NBA player development coach, Iron the Cheat Code Rainey. What is up, man? How's it going, fellas? Good, good, good. And I'm so, so excited to have you on this episode so we can kind of pick your brain. But before we get into it, this summer is a little different than last summer, right? Mm-hmm. We, we can all agree on that. How, ha- how happy are you to be able to, to at least, I don't want to say fully normal, but to at least get back into the gym and, and still be, you know, still, still be able to do what you are so passionate about doing? Yeah, um, I'm super grateful, super appreciative. Obviously, uh, a lot of times we take things for granted. Uh, so we missed out on a lot of opportunities to get in the gym, um, you know, a few months ago due to the pandemic. And uh, just to be in the gym now with the guys, building, connecting, and uh, really helping them, you know, take it up a few notches is, is incredible. So I'm excited about, you know, what the future holds as we move forward. And I'm ready to get this pandemic over. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely. I, Al and I, we uh, we went to the uh, NBA um, draft party at the Amway and, and we got hit with it. We got hit with it really hard, really hard. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you really... I mean, you know that's out there because it's affecting a lot of people. But then when you personally, like, we went almost a year and a half without really getting hit by it. And then out of nowhere, we got hit. And we're like, oh, okay, all right. You know, we see on the news, we hear on the radio, can't do this, can't do that. But now it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's more real once, you know, you're am- impacted by it. Yeah, um, so sure. definitely glad that we're we're at least slowly steadying, getting back to normal. Now, yeah, <laughs> Aaron, the, the name, the cheat code, the nickname, the cheat code, where, where does that come from? Who gave it to you? And, you know, for those that aren't familiar with you, who is the cheat code? 
You know what? That's a great question. Um, you know, I've been I've been doing this, you know, training skill development thing for about 10 years now. Um, I personally, you know, play at the professional level at an early age, um, at the age of 14 years old in Europe. Uh, but honestly, the name, the cheat code was was kind of new. Uh, uh, Aaron Gordon actually gave me that name after working with him, you know, for a few sessions. Uh, he and I really, you know, developed a, a great friendship, uh, a great relationship on and off the court. Uh, and, and he understands that my philosophy and my methods are far beyond uh, just basketball. It's all about uh, the complete player, the complete individual. And uh, when we talk about the cheat code, he talked about how I kind of, um, you know, empower people not with just the cheat code on basketball, but also uh, the cheat code on the life game, because there's a direct correlation between the game of basketball um, and the life game. And so that's kind of where that name was derived from through through Aaron Gordon. And, and it's great that you say that because, um, you know, I've never, I've never, obviously I've never played in the professional level, but I played a lot of high school basketball, a lot of AU basketball, and I played at a really young age. And they've always said like the things that you can take from basketball, you can incorporate, you know, in your, in your day-to-day real life, whether it's working hard, whether it's, you know, facing adversity, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can kind of see where the, the cheat code and how that impacts you off the court and, and they're able to, to kind of see in that light. One of the things I like the most about you, Irene, is that um, you don't just, you know, help out professional basketball players and not just NBA players. And you don't market that either. Like if you go onto your social media, it's not just, you know, NBA players and that's it. You know, you're really in there working with the youth. It's not just boys or or men. You're you're working out females and, and girls as well. So the fact that you do like the complete package is is really something that really stood out to me. Yeah, I sincerely appreciate that. I appreciate you recognizing that, for sure. Yeah, it definitely it definitely shows your love for the game, your passion for the game. So again, it's easy to just say, "Hey, I made it to the, a level where I can just work with NBA players, and that's going to be my niche now." But to go all the way back down to middle school kids and high school kids, it takes a lot. It shows again that it's more than just basketball. Uh, they're trying to teach these people not only the professionals but also those that are trying to get to the pro level. Yep. Absolutely. And, and and also just to add it, it takes patience also. Like we we had uh Coach Clifford that you know he's he's no longer with the team. They decided to right. part ways. Um, but a lot of it had to do with he didn't want to start over, he didn't want to teach you know young players how to you know play the game of basketball. He wanted to really just focus on on the veterans. So I can see where you know someone that because you have to adjust the way that not only you communicate, but how you come across and the things that you teach the players from an NBA player to you know a, a ninth grader. Right. You're right. You're right. I feel like that, you know, the life game is all about adjustments. It's about change. And uh, unfortunately, so much so many of us just get stuck um, and don't embrace change. And a lot of us end up selling ourselves short and staying stagnant uh, because of that. And, you know, I'm a people person, first and foremost. Basketball is secondary. Um, I've got a divine love for the human race. I've got a divine love for people. And honestly, I just utilize the condo of the basketball to have the biggest impact. Uh, that I could possibly have on a positive note, um, you know, and, and like I said, I just I just utilize basketball uh, to be able to do that and, you know, connect. So. That's awesome. Now, Iron, let me ask you about your basketball history. So now you mentioned earlier you played internationally a little bit, but for those listening or watching on YouTube, give us a little rundown of your career, kind of walk us through high school, college, all that, yeah. um, all that experience. Uh, you know, my career is pretty unique. Um, what a lot of people don't know is uh, I actually moved to England, uh, overseas in the UK when I was uh, eight years old. 
Uh, I lived in the UK from the age of eight to 16. Um, so I ended up, you know, excelling early. Um, unfortunately, when we initially moved to the UK, my father ended up dying like the first year and a half. So it was one of those things where I basically embraced basketball more than I had ever embraced basketball before because that's where I got my identity. That's where I got the, the love and the connection. Um, and luckily I excelled. Um, so I ended up playing on the European market um, early on. I also played on the uh, American military basis. And uh, I ended up going to Lake and Heath High School uh, for my ninth grade year and ended up getting all Europe honors. I was the youngest player to get it uh, since Shaquille O'Neal because Shaquille O'Neal was in that same league. Right, uh, so right. Um, experiencing that. And uh, from there, I ended up going to Oak Hill Academy uh, in Virginia. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with Oak Hill Academy. But, How can uh, you not be? Yeah. What happened was I ended up doing uh, a camp, five-star basketball camp under legendary Howard, legendary Howard Garfinkel uh, in Pittsburgh. And I received most outstanding player uh, at the camp, along with LeBron James and Melvin Scott, a Baltimore guy who I, I'm not sure if you all remember Melvin. Uh, he played at UNC uh, when Raymond Felton was there. So uh, from Oak Hill, I ended up going to another public high school uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, didn't really have a lot of guidance there and kind of was able to to get away with some things and kind of doing what I wanted to do as an athlete, which is kind of a gift and a curse. Unfortunately, uh, many of us athletes go through that and uh, went to probably three or four different colleges. Uh, and I ended my career at a division two school in HBCU uh, Cheney state, uh, which is right outside of Philadelphia uh, in Pennsylvania. And so uh, my last year of college, unfortunately um, I went through a, a, a super significant period of adversity uh, where it kind of cost me my basketball playing career. And, uh, you know, during that time, it gave me a chance to introspect and get over a lot of insecurities, a lot of fears. And I started to recognize that I, I really got my identity through playing the game of basketball. And at one point, I thought that I was playing the game out of love. But a lot of times I was playing the game out of fear because, you know, obviously I didn't have an identity outside of basketball. And to to lose or to not be good would be to fail. Um, so to speak. And I think a lot of athletes um, have that same story without even knowing. And, uh, you know, after that period of adversity, basically, uh, I worked out with a few NBA teams and it uh, it didn't work out as far as me making it. And at that point, that's kind of where I hung my basketball shoes up and uh, realized my passion was was people uh, and really teaching the game and not just teaching the game of basketball, but teaching the life game, you know, connecting with people psychologically, empowering their mindset uh, their belief system, uh, their overall internal dialogue so that they were able to live a happier life and achieve external results. And so that's kind of what my brand is based upon, my philosophy, which is is really transforming lives through, through enhancing the internal battle uh, to achieve external results. So it's, it's pretty different and it's unique. It's definitely a unique route. And you would say that, you know, kind of missing out on the opportunities, what kind of transition, because normally what I've what I've seen a lot of is that people keep trying to make it professionally like they they try any way that they can. Um, sure. And it seems like you really acknowledge early on that maybe this isn't the path for me um, and maybe I should transition into something different in terms of, you know, helping people. Um, right. Now, when it comes to training players. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you recognize early on or, you know, did it take you a little while to kind of see maybe that would be the new path for you? Oh, uh, what do you mean as far as as far as recognizing 
Yeah. So the minute that you hung up the shoes and you said, that's it, my playing career is done. You know, at one moment, did you say, man, maybe I can start teaching players mm-hmm. uh, or help them on their skill? Like how how long was that was that gap to where you figured out maybe this could be my path? You know, what? that's a great question. Um, it actually happened almost immediately. Um, the good thing about, you know, me is I've always been a leader. Um, I've always been the guy on the team that was, you know, putting myself through workouts. I've always studied the game. I've always had an insatiable desire um, and an indomitable will to be great at whatever it is that I was doing. And, uh, you know, I was the guy even in college that, you know, would, would go out and hang out and literally wake up. You know, I would get in at maybe two, three in the morning and wake up at, at five and get in the gym and still, you know, get my workout on. Um, I just was that passionate about it. And uh, I took that same passion once again and just, you know, figured out how to translate it into to helping other people. So that that transformation actually happened or that change happened almost immediately after I um, after I hung the shoes up because it was something that I was actually already doing as I was pursuing a professional career. It, it kind of even feels like it was almost meant to be. Like just right, exactly. if it you does. if you knew exactly that's what you were going to do the minute after you retire it right. kind of looks like everything aligned that way that that kind of makes it, you know, once in a lifetime almost. It's right, awesome. it is. Yep, yep, thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to bring it back before, to the beginning. So when it comes to basketball, right? So again, obviously I can tell, just speaking with you very shortly here, that you have a passion for the game. Where did that love for the game come from? Uh, So I think just just early on, I mean, the game was introduced to me early on. Uh, I come from a family of athletes. Um, my dad actually was my coach at an early age, and it was one of those things that, that just came natural to me. Um, and then, the, the, you know, the, the things that I enjoyed most, you know, about the game was the teamwork. I'm an only child, right? So being able to have that camaraderie, um, you know, teammates, family, um, going to practices, having that structure, um, and then being able to to compete in games against other people that you know have been practicing and, and being able to actually, you know, have some success early on and then having people tell you, you know, that they told me I was, I was actually good, you know, early on. So that's kind of where, um, you know, my passion came from. And then I just basically took it and, and ran with it. And, you know, I'm here today, you know, still doing what I love, which is, teaching the game. I'm always in the gym. So I'm extremely grateful for sure. And and so one of the questions I've always wanted to know is that when it comes to training professional athletes, you mm-hmm. know, they're in the off season, they definitely have way more time where they, we see them training with, um, you know, skills coach and we see them, you know, be able to decide what their schedule looks like. Not so much in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the off season now being done and then they start playing, um, how much do you still pay attention to the players that you've trained to maybe help them, you know, after that season to the following off season, or do you, do you still getting, do you still stay in contact with them during the season and help make adjustments? How, how much are you, I guess, in contact with those players throughout the season um, when it's no longer that one-on-one time that you have with them, you know, during their free time in the off season? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that's a great question. Uh, I think that's what makes myself as well as, uh, some of the other skills coaches out there, uh, professionals as well, um, is how much attention to detail uh, that we're focused on when the players aren't just with us, but I, you know, obviously when they're in season too. Um, I'm always studying my guys. You know, I'm always studying, you know, what makes them tick. 
I study their, you know, their body language. I'm watching their, their attitude when they, you know, when they get called out of a game. I'm watching their sense of urgency when they're in the game. I'm watching, you know, things like the, how, how they're breathing, um, not just on the free throw line, but but even when they're making moves and just running up and down the floor. Um, and I'm, I'm just watching to see if they're in the flow uh, because that's all my training is about, is about helping athletes get into their flow state and understanding how to sustain that level. Um, so I'm, I'm always watching the guys that I train. I also watch um, guys that I'm, I feel like I'll probably end up training uh, later on down the line. And, uh, you know, I am, I am in, I'm not in contact with everybody, uh, but for the most part, the guys that are with me the most, I'm, I'm in contact with them quite a bit. Um, you know, I text them after games. Sometimes I text them during games, knowing that they'll see it after <laughs> the game. Uh, you know, Aaron Gordon and I, you know, would, would meet every now and, you know, every now and again uh, at the coffee shop, you know, before games. Uh, because I actually live right downtown Orlando. And uh, before he got traded, you know, he had a place, you know, downtown Orlando. And so we would meet there every now and then and, you know, just just talk um, and just connect um, in preparation for him to, you know, to be able to perform, you know, the best version of himself. So to answer your question, I'm always in contact with my guys for the most part, and I'm always studying uh, their craft. And I'm always enhancing my craft by finding creative ways to be better. And I think a lot of that is just paying attention to, uh, to detail. That's impressive. So again, so the work doesn't end when you're done training them and you leave the gym. That continues into the season. Oh, and again, taking notes and continuing to find things so they can improve. Because, um, again, once you're on the court, you might not be realizing what you're doing wrong. So that's, again, right. a lot of work on you. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's not work when you're having fun doing it, though, man. I'm that's honestly, true. I'm so, that's I mean, true. It's something I love, and I'm definitely uh, extremely grateful once again. And just, just to add, because, I mean, who else is looking at that type of stuff? I mean, you're, you're saying that you're watching the way that they're breathing on the free throw line or, or seeing what, what their motor is like. Um, if, if they don't have somebody like you really watching that, um, you know, to me, that just sounds like an added ammunition to any player. Because if you're sending them a text message, like in the middle of the game, after the game, you know, having the conversations before the game, you know, it sounds like they're really honing in and focusing on, on the little things. You had mentioned right. earlier that it's you don't really focus so much on working out hard, but really trying to get the players to find their flow in the game. Exactly. Um, how many people really have that mindset? Because right. people think that working hard will get you results. And maybe in certain fields it does. And maybe right. in the game it does. Right. But from what it sounds like, it, it seems like you kind of push more of having the player kind of uh, work smarter in a sense. Absolutely. It's all about working smart. People have this uh, this artificial uh, thing about what it takes to be successful and everybody's like work hard work hard work hard yeah. well you know most of us when we're working hard we're not in a state of of happiness and blissfulness in order to get an athlete or a person to to live or perform or operate as the best resident themselves it's all about being able to get them in a state to where they want to do something and um i think when you're working super hard you're working backwards um and, and I don't feel like you're able to to sustain that. So once again, it's all about, you know, working smart and helping my players understand how to fully engage and fully embrace every moment, um, understanding how to breathe and and not identify with the things that they don't want um, and identify with the things that they do want. And that comes through, you know, just through practicing that, you know, that that right there is a skill, you know, just like shooting a basketball is a skill, a lot of, you know, understanding how to get into that state. 
is a skill as well. And I think that's where the people that are exceptional separate themselves from the people that are just good uh, because they've mastered that. Now, I, w- I wanted to ask you, when it comes to NBA players, so obviously you, you're in Orlando primarily, so Magic mm-hmm. players kind of kind of go towards you because they're local. How about mm-hmm. the rest of NBA guys that you've trained? It's that word of mouth thing that they find you. Are you kind of actively, you have a team that's recruiting players? How does that work? Um, you know, that's a great question. Uh, you know, the majority of my guys that I have trained, uh, I wasn't training them when they were, were with the Magic. I actually trained quite a few guys that weren't playing with the Magic, which is which is really weird because I live here in Orlando. Um, for example, I started training Tobias Harris after he got traded, uh, you know, from the Magic. Even though he lived here before, I got him later. Um, Nikola Vucevic obviously played with the Magic. Aaron Gordon, I got him, but... I mean, I was Etwan Moore is one of my clients. He played with the Magic, but when he played with the Magic, um, I didn't train him, um, and I have him now. I've had him, you know, ever since he left the Magic. Courtney Lee, you know, I had him uh, after he left the Magic. So it's it's quite a Austin Rivers. Obviously, he's never played with the Magic. So um, a lot of it's just word of mouth, and it all started through uh, Courtney Lee and uh, and Austin Rivers. They were my first um, two clients mainly because we started out playing open gym together. And just from there, um, you know, guys were asking who's the guy in Orlando to go to. And and those guys pointed everybody in my direction. And it's just, you know, been up and up on up and up from there. Yeah, I remember um, I read an article that, you know, around that same time, um, you were also working on Darius Washington. Is that right? Yeah, that's my that, guy. That he dude was. used to give me the business in high school. Oh, yeah, high school? The oh, yeah. business in high school. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, he was an incredible talent, man. Yeah, talent. yeah. We Field. we we stayed away from um, the Edgewaters and the the Doctor Phillips. Chris Warren was another yeah. one that gave me the business. Chris, hey, Chris is special. He's probably the toughest guard um, that I've ever had to go against in Florida for sure. He's special. And, and we're, we're he, gonna... I feel like if he never gotten hurt, um, he'd definitely be a, a solidified NBA guy for sure. Yeah, because he, he even in Ole Miss, he did work there too. Right, he did. He did. We're we're gonna talk a little bit more about the the TBT in a, in a little bit because that's that's really <laughs> the topic that I was looking forward to talking to you about. But before yeah. we do that, uh, when when it comes to because we talked a little bit earlier about your approach and how your approach with mm-hmm. NBA players will be different than the approach with you know younger players. Right. Um, how would your approach be different for you know a, a player like Mario Hizonia? that you also mm-hmm. help um, build his skill in, in development. Um, is your approach different with a player that plays professionally in Europe than it would be in the NBA? Yeah, so what I try to do, honestly, um, it is match players with their own unique skill set and own unique level of greatness, right? I'm not just making up stuff to do. <laughs> um, you know, it's figuring out what players do well and helping them master that and helping them embrace that. Obviously, the European game is a lot different uh, than the NBA game. For example, in the NBA, you can't just stand in the lane, right? In the NBA, there's a defense of three seconds. But overseas, you can just, you know, stand in the lane. So um, the the things that we work on uh, for Mario Hazonia, like, because I, I worked with him when he was still in the NBA, too. A lot of his skill stuff is the same, but then his decision-making uh may be a little bit different because the European game uh, is different than the NBA. So um, it's just figuring out what players do well, um, helping them understand how to be efficient and how to be effective within their unique skill set 
with the least amount of effort. Um, I don't try to, you know, reinvent the wheel and, you know, do the next cool thing. I think a lot of people do do that mm -hmm. for Instagram. Uh, but I haven't I haven't gotten to that point. I don't think I ever will. Just about helping players, you know, understand how to be the best version of themselves within their own unique skill set and own unique level of greatness. Yeah. Now, no, earlier, 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 you mentioned that, you know, you, you know, to some of your players, you watch your tapes and you're looking at the details. Mm -hmm. Is it challenging to where, you know, a player like Mario Zonia, it's not like, you know, it's popping up on ESPN. You have to yeah. find alternate ways of watching the games. Yeah. Do you find that aspect of being able to keep an eye on your players a little more challenging? Yep, that part does become challenging when guys go play in Europe um, or Asia or Africa, wherever they, you know, may be. Uh, it does get, you know, pretty strenuous trying to find games or watch games. The games come on at different times, obviously. A lot of times they're playing and we're sleeping over here. So that's right. It's just one of those things where uh, the communication line has to be open with the player. Mario Hazonia is a friend of mine. Um, you know, we talk via Instagram or WhatsApp. Um, so that's kind of how we communicate, you know, with, during the season. Yeah. And that video that you posted of him asking if it was a travel, it was definitely a travel. <laughs> the, hey, first, the, first, that, the first step don't, was a travel. Don't tell him that. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to transition here quickly to a current Magic player, and that is uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, oh, yeah. So Wendell gets traded to Orlando here in March. Uh, the fan base is excited. So, so again, it, it's a different center. Obviously, a lot of love for Vooch. It hurt, honestly, to see him leave as Magic Absolutely. fans. But then again, we, we now have a young center with tons of potential and mm -hmm. a, a, a very important season ahead for him. It's a contract year for him. And I know yep. he's been training with you this offseason. Um, mm -hmm. So give us some insight into what you've been working uh, with Wendell and, and what do you think we can expect as Magic fans from him next season? Uh, great question. <laughs> Uh, first of all, Wendell Carter is an incredible soul. He's an incredible human being. Uh, I think the Magic, uh, you know, got a steal when they got Wendell Carter. Um, he actually lives in my building, which is weird. Um, he, you know, moved in. I'm like, oh, man, that's Wendell Carter, you know. <laughs> uh, and we both have, uh, you know, mutual friends. And, and, that's, and that's how he ultimately ended up coming to work out with me. Um, the one thing I can say about him is his upside is limitless. Um, I think he's extremely passionate about being great uh, within the game of basketball. Um, I think he, you know, he's had some some setbacks with you know injuries and not necessarily um, evolving into what people thought he would early on. But the great thing about him is obviously he's still young, right? Um, so here is just. Uh, you know, being the right fit, being the right player for what the Magic system needs. And I think he's willing to come in and embrace that. Um, I actually had a, uh, a coffee meeting uh, with Matt Lloyd, uh, you know, probably three months ago, maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, before the draft and all that. Um, and, you know, he, he really liked Wendell Carter. But one of the things that he and I talked about, because obviously he wanted to know that, you know, what I was doing with him. But uh, it, it's figuring out for Wendell how to pick his spots and take advantage of opportunities when they're there and not just be a guy that's going to fit in because he does have some other things that he brings to the table and uh, the magic will need him to embrace that and, uh, and be sure enough and be confident enough and comfortable enough uh, to do what he can do um, and not just be a rim running energy guy, which he's, you know, he's great at that. He's embraced being an energy guy. He's embraced being a, 
you know, a, a, a rim runner and 50-50 ball guy getting every rebound. But I want to see him be a little more poised um, and, and take advantage and be aware enough uh, to where he recognizes when he has opportunities on the floor. And I think that will make the Magic uh, a much better team. Um, and I think they, you know, they'll have a legitimate chance to not just uh, achieve, but also exceed expectations from people. Yeah, Wendell Carter is a bad man. Like he is, man. when it, you know, he he was a player that really didn't pay too much attention to, obviously because he didn't play for the Magic, played in Chicago. Right. But the minute that you know he got on the court for us, it's like mm-hmm. it's impossible not to miss him. I think that he plays way bigger than what his hot what this size is. He plays very That's physical, um, which is really different than what we were used to with with Vooch. Um, right. So the fact that we had that presence, we're definitely really excited about him. Now, let me ask you, what would be one area in his game um, that you think will surprise a lot of people this season? Um, You know what? That's, I'm going to step out on a limb here just because I believe in him 150%. But um, his ability to make open shots. Um, he has a great looking shot. Um, I think he can establish himself as a, you know, as a capable um, open shot maker. And I think once he does that, um, it'll allow him to evolve and allow the Magic organization uh, to evolve through having him be a big that can step out and, you know, be a capable shot maker. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people um, if he goes out there and he embraces it, you know, from the beginning of the season uh, when they start practicing and, you know, doing their open gym and stuff. And, uh, you know, him just immersing himself in being a player that, that has the ability to do that. I think that's going to definitely be a um, a big piece. Yeah, and I, I can definitely see that, too. I think that he matches so well with the young core that we have now Absolutely. and and really think that, you know, it's 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 his for the taking. Um, and right. I think he definitely has the opportunity for it. Now, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you had you sat down, and had a little uh, coffee meeting with with Matt Lloyd. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is that? normal practice in your world where you know the the front office wants to know exactly what you're working with with the players because obviously you're you're the advocate for the player themselves right your job is to make the players better um but is it is that something that happens common where the front office wants to know like the the hawks organization want to know what you're working with with john collins yeah absolutely absolutely um I mean, I never knew uh, Matt Lloyd before, you know, three months ago. Um, I know the Magic were uh, were heavily looking at Jonathan Kaminga, um, you know, during pre-draft, obviously. Um, and I did most of Jonathan Kaminga's pre-draft stuff. And I know that was probably one of the main reasons uh, that the Magic had probably heard about me is because of, uh, you know, the Kaminga situation. But, um, you know, I think... Um, I was able to develop a relationship because of the Kaminga situation. But, I, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't really had a lot of uh, relationships with the front office people of organizations. Um, it's funny you mentioned the Hawks because the Magic and the Hawks are probably the main two that I've had relationships with, with the front office. But outside of that, it's mostly um, agents, um, sometimes assistant coaches, uh, sometimes, you know, player development uh, within organizations. Those are the people that I, you know, that I get a chance to uh, to build with and connect with the most. But unfortunately, um, uh, I was able to connect with the front office here. Obviously, I live here. I'm gonna be working with uh, quite a few of their players, and I feel like the front office here they they trust me. So that's a uh, a great thing. 
Yeah, again, be, being local and being here in Orlando, it's it's a definitely an advantage for you to, to train these Absolutely. players and for them to have access to you so easily here in, in downtown Orlando. Right. I, I wanted to bring it back quickly to Wendell Carter. I had a question to ask you, and it's mostly with his range. So I know you said one thing that he can definitely do at the NBA level, especially hopefully next season, is make shots, mm -hmm. open shots. Right. Do you think his range can extend to the three-point range the same way that Vooch kind of developed over the years into a one of the best shooters, a uh, big man out yep. there in the three-point range? Do you see that in Wendell's game? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he and Vooch are similar. Um, I think Vooch was always a capable three-point maker. Uh, but when he came to us, I'm not sure if you know, but, you know, right before he became an NBA All-Star, uh, we worked out probably five, six days a week. And, you know, the main thing that that we were able to work on is just, once again, enhancing his, his mental state, um, helping him immerse himself in his unique level of greatness, helping him understand – um, you know, how capable he was to be a consistent shot maker um, and, and helping him understand how to embrace, um, you know, his, his unique skill set and abilities. Um, I think Wendell and Vooch, once again, are, are very similar. They're nice guys. Um, they want to win, but they're not necessarily the alpha, um, the alpha where they're, you know, where they're speaking out or they're doing things outside of uh, what people expect. Um, Vooch came in and, you know, I challenged him uh, quite a bit, um, you know, before every workout, during every workout, after every workout, we would assess and figure out where he was. And that's kind of what we're doing with uh, with Wendell as well. And I'm getting a chance to to have Wendell Carter at an early age, uh, which is different because Vooch was a little bit older mm -hmm. and he had already been in the league for quite some time. So it's hard to make that transition mentally. But Vooch was able to do it. He became an NBA All-Star. Um you know, he averaged 20 and, you know, 20 and 10. Um, and I think Wendell Carter has the ability to to do that and more uh, within the organization, especially with what they what they have around them. I think they'll be an exciting team to watch. You're making all Magic fans uh, smile for sure after after you're saying those things. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad. You know, it's it's crazy because, we, you know, even when we got Vooch um, early on um, straight from Philly, um, and then Dwight Howard trade, he always had like a really nice touch. Like you knew that the shooting capabilities were there. Yeah. Um, it just never really extended to the three point line. And I remember right. reading in, 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 in an article during the off season that, you know, he was really going to work on, you know, extending his shot to the three point line. I remember like thinking to myself, no, don't do that. What are you doing? You're a center. You're not supposed to do that. Grant, this is you know, years ago. It's just right. crazy how how we've transitioned to today's NBA game, um, and how you know Vooch he really mastered that. Oh yeah, he did man. really mastered it. Yep. yep. And becoming I mean, becoming in my opinion top three center in the NBA, and I'll, I'll fight on that hill with anybody. Oh for sure, I'm right with you on that. I'm right with you. He just didn't have he didn't have the same marketing uh, behind him. You know, he's not really on social media. You don't really see yeah. him. Post I mean, that has a lot to do with. Uh, you know, building your fan base and having people believe in you. Obviously, we're in that era now where social media, you know, is it that that visual aesthetic is what captures people's attention. So with him not doing that and just going out there and playing basketball, unfortunately, it, it just wasn't enough and it hasn't been enough. But he's super skilled, um, highly intelligent player. Obviously, he's European, so super intelligent um, shoots. You know, he shoots the lights out, you know, when he's open. He's, a you know, a, a consistent open shot maker. And I think once again, I think Wendell has the ability to, uh, to do those things as well. 
yeah, that's that's going to be exciting. And mm-hmm. if, if if we see that effectively, um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up and be like, yo, we did it, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get all the credit. <laughs> now, now let me ask you. So, um, the Florida TNT. Um, if you if you don't know. Iron was the head coach for the Florida TNT in the basketball tournament, where it's a tournament that, you know, the winner of this tournament is a uh, winner takes all a million dollars. And you guys got really, really far into this tournament. It's my understanding that you guys kind of um, were like a late submission um, and, and really didn't have a whole lot of time to really get the team together. Um, there was, it was, what was it? The very first game um, that you actually had all the players together on the court at one time. Um, what was that experience like? Um, one having a, a team just filled with a whole bunch of Central Florida legends, um, right. and then and then two really you know coaching that group with such a short notice and and really you know leaving a mark on that tournament. Yeah, uh, the experience you know to say the least was absolutely incredible. Um, I'm extremely grateful to have been able to to coach that unique level of players, a unique group. Um, we're looking forward to getting back in it uh, next year and going out there and not just getting in it, but but winning it. Um, you know, it's even hard to talk about right now because, I mean, we were right there. That's the that's the thing for the TN, you know, the Florida TNT. You all are right there, right? So, um, no, but it was, I mean, the tournament is, is comp- it's super intense. It's super competitive. It's super physical. Um, the toughest part of the tournament, like you said, was getting a group of guys together consistently to jail and believe in our system, uh, believe in the process and, and, you know, everybody being on one accord to achieve the same goal. And uh, unfortunately we didn't able, you know, we, we ended up jailing, but we didn't have everybody together uh, at one time. Um, and there were a couple of players who were supposed to actually play with our team that ended up not, you know, not playing um, for whatever reason. Uh, I think that kind of, uh, you know, not necessarily hindered us, but I think those other players would have added some more value. Um, it just gave us a different look, which would have made it a little bit more difficult for other teams to uh, to beat us. But um, the experience, you know, to say the least, was absolutely incredible. And, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. I'm extremely grateful and looking forward to uh, to getting back in it next year. So the, this is something that you're you're fully committed to. You're going to be a part of it in in 2022. And that's something that you continue. You see yourself continuing to do year after year. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, sure. now, now let me ask you, was this like the, I guess the, the highest stint of you being a head coach in, in the highest level? Would you say that in terms of uh, coaching yeah, the whole I, entire team? I would say, um, because you're, you're coaching former pros. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't say former pros. Everybody on the team, I think right now is playing, uh, professionally, but you, you know, I coach former NBA guys, right. And you're coaching guys that, um, are making a lot of money overseas right now. And uh, that's totally different when you're, you know, coaching those guys on ESPN against other pros, against other guys that are getting ready to be on NBA rosters. Uh, so I would say that that would be the uh, the highlight of my coaching career, um, now, which I'm, you know, extremely grateful for. Which leads me to my next question. Do you have aspirations to kind of pursue that on an NBA level, is that something that you'd be open to? Because I know that you have, um, you know, your program that you have right now with the players individually, mm-hmm. with the youth. Um, but mm-hmm. do you have aspirations to to coach at, at an NBA level in the league? You know, that's a great question. Uh, you know, 
Honestly, um, my focus is my brand right now. Um, I feel like we have a lot of access. I feel like there's there's not really a lot of red tape. Um, I'm able to, you know, have an impact on a multitude of players from the youth all the way up throughout the NBA. Um, I can travel during the NBA season and connect with multiple players like I do. Um, if the opportunity did arise, I would definitely uh, look into it and embrace it and, you know, see if we, we could make it fit. Um, but honestly, uh, my, my biggest desire is to speak uh, globally. Uh, I want to be a, a, a motivational speaker. I want to inspire people and empower people to want more, uh, to do more, um, and develop the right mindset and the right habits to be more um, and evolve into their full potential. Obviously, right now, as I stated, you know, I utilize the condo with a basketball to reach the masses of people. Uh, but I have an insatiable desire to, to you know, to really impact the world in uh, a multitude of ways. And I think, um, you know, utilizing my platform now is helping me, you know, get my story out there and, and really show people how to go from one level to the next by just having a major paradigm shift and, uh, you know, being committed. Um, being intentional, living life intentionally, living life deliberately, and ultimately just enhancing, you know, their story. And so, you know, to answer your question, I would probably, um, you know, look into a coaching position, but everything would have to, you know, be aligned with, with what I believe in. And uh, I would have to be allowed to kind of, you know, do what I love. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that also stood out to me, especially where your social media, when you say that you want to be a motivational speaker is how serious you take your job and great. People can say that they take it serious. They can post all the pictures and videos that they want, whatever the case may be. But you you've kind of say the same message uh, repeatedly, which is, you know, you're you're in there every day as if your life is on the line in terms right. of helping and developing your players. What, what exactly does that does that mean to you in, in your words when you say that, you know, a, as if you know, your life is on the line. How, how does, how do, how do you view that with, with the players that you're working with? Uh, I think that, that most of us uh, are, are walking around as if we have a thousand years to live, but unfortunately that's, that's very unrealistic. Um, and I think until something happens to us, uh, a lot of times we're, we're not people that embrace every moment. And uh, what I try to, to be stolen to my players is that same philosophy, you know, is doing everything with intent, right. Doing everything with purpose and doing everything with a sense of gratitude, because a lot of times, you know, we don't realize it, that things can be taken away. And uh, if you go out there and, and you play the game and you're entitled or you're not fully engaged in the moment, or you don't um, take advantage of opportunities, a lot of times we end up selling ourselves short and not operating or not performing uh, as the best version of ourselves. And so for me, um, every moment matters, uh, every day matters, uh, you know, what I do matters. So I, I, I'm always giving, you know, 150% to the players that I work with, to the parents that are trusting me with their kids, um, and to the agents that are sending the players to me to say, hey, you know, we, we want you to help this guy become a better version of himself. Uh, so he can make more money and support his family, et cetera. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I believe in. Uh, it's one of those things that, you know, I pride myself on. I, I, I really pride myself on, you know, living fully in the moment and doing everything with a, standard, a different standard of excellence. 
That's uh, again, I couldn't, I mean, that's, that's impressive the way you put it. I can definitely see where that career of uh, a special spe uh, speaker comes from because, again, the, the way you explained it, it makes a ton of sense and inspired me for sure. <laughs> Just hearing you say it. So, that that's amazing work that you're doing and the vision that you have. Again, uh, I can't wait to follow a journey along and see where, where it leads to. Thank you. Thank you. I sincerely appreciate it. Of course. Now, we always like to play a game with our guests here when we wrap up the show. We call it Overtime. And pretty much it's a quick um, quick questions we're going to ask you. We, we just want rapid fire with you. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start with the first one, and Anthony will continue with the rest. Um, uh -oh. First one, most important position in basketball? Point guard. I kind of had a feeling you were going to say just not only because that's like the, your position that you play, but also because you have a program that allows people to be elite point guard positions. Just throwing that Absolutely. out there for you. All right, next one. <laughs> Who is your favorite active NBA player to watch? Oh, man, that's a, ooh, that's that's tough. a tough favorite one. And I'm going to watch. Mm. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna add, I'm gonna add a wrench in there. You can't say any of the players that you coach currently. <laughs> <laughs> favorite active NBA player to watch. I would have to say uh, between Katie and Luca. Mm. Can't go wrong there. Right. Can't go and, wrong. and that's that's completely different spectrums. Right. Right. Completely different spectrum. Yeah. Next one here. What current NBA player would you compare your game to? Current NBA player, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. I listen, I, I did some research, man. I saw some highlights. I saw some highlights in the Ace League. I can see it. All right. Um, this next one is, should the NBA play-in tournament remain or should the league go back to eight teams making the playoffs in each conference? I want to elaborate on this one a little bit. Yeah, the NBA, yeah, the NBA has has really done a lot of um, experimenting where they, mm -hmm. they make a little adjustments to kind of either make the game different, fun to watch, whatever the case may be. So the play-in tournament, was so previously the playoffs was just one through eight from east one through eight from west and that's it but then right. they had the playing tournament where now the nine the ninth and the tenth seed will be in a playing tournament with the seventh and eighth and then it just made it it made a little more playoff contention but then they also started doing other things like for example they have the uh the challenge where they're now able to challenge plays and the nba summer league they had the double overtime um yeah. the double overtime whereas you know sun death do you what would you prefer would you prefer that they didn't touch the game at all and keep it the way that it is or are you okay with the innovations i like the old way man i, I honestly like the old way i don't feel like we should make it complicated <laughs> but i get it i do understand it but the old way is, is what i would probably lean toward yeah, don't 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 touch the game. Leave it the way right. that it is. Uh, the way. One of the main ones that I heard, and I think it was LeBron that was the one pushing it, or or maybe it was Mark Cuban, you know, and taking away East and West and just make it just the whole entire conference. Everyone in the same conference. Don't right. touch the game. Leave it the way that it is. Leave it the way it is, man. <laughs> Last one here quickly. So talking about the NBA implementing things and, and playing with things, the All-Star game. They've implemented now in the fourth quarter, the Elam ending, which happens in the basketball tournament and yep. i mean I, I for one i love it it's such a again it's such a as a, as a fan watching it it gets the adrenaline is high players are competing competitive competitive to a level that you normally don't see at the nba level when you know right. you have two minutes left mm -hmm. so with that being said do you think the nba should find a way to incorporate that ending uh the elam ending into games some more 
I, I like I love that idea. Not like it. I love it. And, and the reason why is because it makes it a lot more competitive. It makes it a lot more intense. Uh, I feel like guys are getting after it a lot more. Um, and you kind of see who's who. You have to be tough mentally uh, in those in those moments. Um, so I, I do like the Elam ending idea uh, for the NBA. Don't touch the game. Leave it the way that is. <laughs> 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 All right, Irvin, this is this is my last question for you before we wrap it up. For the kids that's out there and they're trying to get better every day and, and they want to take basketball serious, whether it's for education, um, to get a scholarship, whether it's just to you know get their skills better in basketball or, or anything, what would be your one advice um, uh, to to the kids? And the reason why I bring this up is that there's, there's a lot of, um, I want to say, players that people have said that aren't good for young kids to watch. An example would be for, you know, Steph Curry. People say Steph right. Curry isn't great for kids to watch because they just go out there, see Steph Curry, and then just start shooting a bunch of threes, right? right. What would be your advice, you know, for, for kids that want to take basketball serious? For kids that want to take basketball serious. Um, you know what? My one piece of advice would probably be um, to figure it out who it is they, they want to be as a player um, and, and to go after it as if their life depends on it um, by doing the small things daily, uh, like watching uh, certain players and, and mimicking certain movements, um, studying what players do off the court, um, figure out where players come from and how they got to uh, the level that they, that they were able to get to. Um, you know, this, this new training thing, man, is, is a fad. Like everybody's got a trainer. And what you see is a lot of kids just going out there and they're dribbling through 20 cones and they're doing all these moves that they'll never, ever, ever do in a game, right? Um, so basically, my piece of advice would be to, to figure out how to do the easy things better than everybody else. I like it. You're a professional. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like it. Everybody nah, man, it was it was definitely a pleasure to have you on, man. I feel like we've learned so much from you. For those that want to keep and continue to follow your story and 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 follow what you do on a day to day basis with the youth, um, with you know the NBA players, um, where is it that they can find you? And um, and and for those that are listening that have kids and that that you know want to send them kids, uh, send their kids to you to learn more, um, from a professional, uh, where where can they find you? They can follow me on IG. Uh, my Instagram is my first name and last name, Iren, I-R-E-N, uh, last name Rainey, R-A-I-N-E-Y. Um, they can also go to my website, which is ironrainybasketball.com, uh, or uh, they can call our number, which is 407-408-2939 if they like any other information uh, on camps, clinics, um, monthly training sessions. We do it all. It's a one-stop shop. Um, so I sincerely appreciate um, you all having me and uh, definitely looking forward to connecting in the near future. Yeah, for sure. Check this man out. I ran the cheat code rainy till next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Ozone podcast, the voice of magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.